our Lord Christ, our Lord Christ came before his father and said, if it's possible, let this pass from me. I have dreaded this chapter. I love the Bible. I love everything about it. I even love this chapter. But I don't want to preach it. I don't know. There it is. It's popping. It's a. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with no mic and let me just read it from the Hebrew and leave everybody. Leave everybody to themselves on this. Uh, on this chapter. Let's pretend, you know, sometimes once or twice in your life you go to your doctor and he just talks about ugly stuff right there in front of you like there ain't nothing to it. And you just go, okay, yeah, I'm cool. Well, let's pretend that I'm the doctor. And this don't mean anything to us, right? Unclean discharges. My favorite subject. I'm going to read through this thing and then I'm going to draw some statements at the end that I've written down that can make this hopefully apply to us. I'm going to lose you. I'm going to lose you somewhere through here. I know you won't hear another word after I get to a particular part. But this is the part of the law, the part of which addresses uncleanness in God's people and the importance of their of their holiness and their separation to him for worship. And believe it or not, believe it or not, this is all attached overall to the purity of worship from the people of God. They are headed to Canaan. Canaan, the Canaanite culture is based around the worship of a fertility God. And literally, the Canaanite religions glorify the worship of sexual behavior. They do everything imaginable as part of their so-called worship. God is addressing how they are to be separate from every, all the rest of the nations. They are to be different from the rest of the nations and then later on in a few chapters, God addresses the sexual perversions of the Canaanite worship. We'll get to there sooner or later. Tonight, unclean discharges. There's not even a clean one listed here. So I'm just going to read it. First 15 verses addresses the abnormal long-term male discharges. Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, speak to the sons of Israel, say to them, 
If any man has a discharge from his flesh, his discharge is unclean. This shall be the nature of his uncleanness due to his discharge. If his flesh runs with his discharge or if his flesh is plugged up by his discharge, that is his uncleanness. Any bedding upon which the man with the discharge will lie shall become unclean. And any object upon which he will sit shall become unclean. And a man who touches his bedding shall immerse his garments and immerse himself in water. And he remain unclean until evening. And anyone who sits on an object upon which the man with the discharge shall sit shall immerse his garments and immerse himself in water. And he shall remain unclean until evening. I don't know what the guy does. If somebody's about to sit in a chair he was just in, he says, oh, don't sit there. I'm, I'm, I have a discharge. I don't know. Uh, and anyone who touches the flesh of the man with a discharge shall immerse his garments and immerse himself in water. He shall remain unclean until evening. And if the man with a discharge spits upon a clean person, that person shall immerse his garments and immerse himself in water and he shall remain unclean until evening. Any riding gear upon which the man... Uh, with the discharge will ride becomes unclean and whoever touches anything what will be under him becomes unclean until evening and whoever lifts them up shall immerse his garments and immerse himself in water and he shall remain unclean until evening and whomever the man with the discharge touches without the latter having rinsed his hands shall immerse his garments and immerse himself in waters and he shall remain unclean until evening and an earthenware vessel which the man with the discharge will touch shall be broken and any wooden vessel shall be rinsed in uh, water. When the man with the discharge is cleansed of his discharge, he shall count seven days for himself for his purification and then immerse his garments and immerse his flesh in spring water and he shall be clean. And on the eighth day, he shall take for himself two turtle doves or two young doves Come before Yahweh to the entrance of the tabernacle and give them to the priest. And the priest shall make them one into a sin offering and one into a burnt offering. And the priest shall effect atonement for him from his discharge before Yahweh. Now that was the abnormal long term. This is uh, the normal short term male emission. Come on. Uh. A man from whom there is a discharge of that shall immerse all of his flesh in water and he shall remain unclean until evening. And any garment or any leather object which has that on it shall be immersed in water and shall remain unclean until evening. It gets worse. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Cohabitation. Ugh. A woman with whom a man cohabits, whereby there was a discharge of that, they shall immerse in water and they shall remain unclean until evening. <laughs> I guess you had no secrets at that place. Normal, short-term, female discharges. If a woman has a discharge, her flesh discharging blood, she shall remain in her state of menstrual separation for seven days. And whoever touches her shall become unclean until evening. And whatever she lies on during her menstrual separation shall become unclean. And whatever she sits on shall become unclean. And anyone who touches her bedding 
shall immerse his garments and immerse himself in water, and he shall remain unclean until evening. And anyone who touches, whoops, what did I do? That's about it, isn't it? <laughs> You're just trying to help me out. Zoom me on over to the <laughs> Thank you. And the priest shall make one in, well, and on the eighth day she sh Is that right? No. I'm not holding, I'm not touching any button. And anyone who touches any object which, on which he shall sit shall immerse his garments and immerse himself in water and he shall remain unclean until evening. And if he is on the bedding or on the object upon which he's sitting, when he touches it, he becomes unclean until evening. If a man cohabits with her, the uncleanness of her menstruation shall be on him and he shall be unclean for seven days and any bedding he lies upon shall become unclean. Abnormal long-term female discharges. And a woman whose flow of blood flows for many days outside of the time of her menstrual separation, she has a discharge after her menstrual separation. Then all the days she has her unclean discharge, she should be unclean just like the days of her menstrual separation. I am dying up here. Any bedding upon which she lies during all the time of her discharge will have the same uncleanness for her as the bedding of her menstruation and any object upon which she will sit shall become unclean like her menstrual uncleanness. I have said that word more tonight than I have in 15 years. And anyone who touches them shall become unclean and he shall immerse his garments and immerse himself in water and he shall remain unclean until evening. And if she becomes clean of her discharge, she shall count for herself seven days, and after this she may be cleansed. And on the eighth day she shall take for herself two turtle doves, two young doves, or two young doves, bring them to the priest to the entrance of the tabernacle, and the priest shall make one into a sin offering and one into a burnt offering, and the priest shall effect atonement for her before Yahweh from the uncleanness of her discharge. Thank God in heaven. You shall separate, this is, a, this is a general summary. You shall separate the children of Israel, the sons of Israel, from their uncleanness so that they will not die on account of their uncleanness. If they defile my sanctuary, which is in their midst, this is the law for one who has a discharge and one from whom that issues and which through which he becomes unclean and for a woman who has her menstrual flow and for one who has a discharge whether male or female and a man who cohabits with an unclean woman we're going to bring that around <laughs> to where we are In this part of uncleanness, cleanness, it's, it's all based on the idea of the laws that cause us to think of holiness and especially 
the holiness of God. All people who are God's people should be constantly aware of impending uncleanness and attend to that. This is a spiritual principle. It's, 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 it's something that was probably hygienic, although everything in the law is ritualistic. It's not a book of medicine. But it is a book that speaks of spiritual principles that constantly teach the people of especially this part about cleanness and uncleanness, constantly teaching the people of God the importance of, of, of uh, purity in worship and the holiness of God and the, the holiness of God's people, the separation of God's people, and how they should constantly attend to their lives so that they are constantly aware of uncleanness that may come up in their lives as God has defined it for them. And they, being sensitive that as God's people, will attend to those things. And that principle is not just in this chapter. It goes back three or four chapters in this section of uncleanness. Next, I would say that God is completely different from all others and everything else. Yahweh is God. There is no other God. And his people have been called, he has called his people to himself and he has declared them to be separate from the world and for them to be constantly reminded of that separation, that holiness, if you will, and the purity of worship before him, he gives a series of laws. Now, it may have secondary effects, as I said earlier, regarding hygiene or other things, sickness, whatever. But primarily, it has to do with the spiritual condition of God's people and the attention they should give to the truth that they are God's people and that when they worship, they are to worship in purity. And they acknowledge that by reading these various laws of cleanness and uncleanness. And then obeying the law and then bringing, bringing the designated sacrifice to the priest. And of course, this, uh, God will accept that. This, this is something that, that God has commanded and God's people will do. And God accepts it. God is perfect in his wisdom, his power, his goodness, his purity, his justice, uh, and his truth. So God doesn't have to explain to us why he has said these things. He has said them from the perfection of his wisdom, and we're to be obedient to God. And so the holy God that we serve calls his people to be holy because God is holy, and this chapter gives one particular area of life that reminds people of this. What, what Leviticus 15 addresses really is, is a part of life that people deal with throughout their lives. So in that, they're to be constantly reminded of the importance of their separation, their holiness, and the purity that is demanded when they come before God in worship.
Of course, the root idea of holiness is separation. It means that people who are not holy are separated from God, and the holy are separated to God. And the imagery that we have in Leviticus, especially the imagery of that which is declared to be unclean, uh, cannot touch anything that's clean, and that which is profane can in no way relate to the sacred. That, that is a lesson that people constantly learn throughout their lives because of the spiritual principle that is laid down in Leviticus 15. God would say, you are my people, and you are not to be defiled with the world. You cannot, you cannot mix with the world. You are to be holy because I am holy and I have called you as my people. Only as we begin to enter into the understanding of the holiness of God can we begin to comprehend how serious these ancient Hebrews were in their worship to God and their, in their approach to Yahweh. You have to remember throughout their history, first the tabernacle and then the temple, they had the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. And this was something they would have to be mindful of throughout their lives as the people of God. And all of these things are spiritual principles that are given to them so that they can constantly be reminded of that. It was God's dwelling place, the tabernacle and then the temple. And you had to understand your life as best as you could before you could approach God. This is written in his law. And that in, has included every single detail as we've noted it. Clothing, cleanliness, attitude, all of these things had to be in accord with the law of God. And it was the responsibility of the people of God to maintain that attention to those things and the responsibility of the priesthood to help them. So every day of their lives was a constant learning process of the holiness of God and the holiness of God's people and the separation of God's people from the rest of the world. And as well, the importance of separating that which is clean from that which is unclean to recognize there's a difference and to not, and to not entertain profanity, a profane life in, in the life of a worshiper. So this was a serious thing to the Hebrews, and none of this is treated lightly, nor is it left to chance. Last couple of things. Holiness for the Hebrews did not mean the attainment of sinless perfection. As a matter of fact, the, the chapter that we just saw, this is something that would happen in some cases in regularity, and these things had to be attended to all the time. A reminder that we are not sinless and perfect. But that we do, God has graciously provided his people a way to come before him and to be acceptable in his sight. Only God's people have that. The rest of the world doesn't have that. Only God's people have that great privilege. So 
it didn't mean that they were sinless or perfect. Quite the contrary. It reminds them constantly of their imperfections and how God provides the necessary way that they could come uh, before him. And it, of course, it doesn't have to mean that to us either to, be, to think that we're somehow sinlessly perfect in this life. It does mean, though, that we're to be committed of reaching for that ideal of holiness for all who would enter into God's presence. And we're to recognize that God has separated us to himself as his people. God has declared that we are holy. And so God, in calling us to himself and in covering us with the righteousness of Christ, gives to us his word, the presence of his Holy Spirit. And like Israel in this day, the church today has to be different from the world. We are not the world. We are not living in the profane type of life that the rest of the world lives in. We are separate. We belong to God and, and we seek to be obedient as far as we can so that God through his word and his work toward us has made us acceptable in his sight. And these chapters of, of cleanness and uncleanness are just reminders of all of that uh, for you and me. By the grace of God, I have come to the end of this message. <laughs> Let's pray we'll be dismissed, okay? Father God in heaven, we love your word and how it teaches us that your people are different, that you've made us different, that you've called us out from the world That you've made us holy and separate because you're holy. So I pray, oh God, that daily we will, we will live with the sensitivities that we must have as your people. That we'll be aware of, of the Holy Spirit who urges us and unctions us within our lives. Attentive to your precious holy word that we might study it and make sure that it is applied to our lives daily, all day long. Lord, thank you for Jesus who has made us to be acceptable in your sight. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. No. Make an appointment with your doctor if you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah, well. Oh, I need to make an announcement too, if you haven't been made aware. What? We will. Um, Vic and Carol Brown's son, Shannon, is worse. And the, the word from the doctor is not good. So before we leave, let's pray for him and for them, okay? Let's just pray and I'll lead us in this prayer. Father God in heaven, Lord Jesus, you are our great physician. And 
And so we pray for our brother and sister Vic and Carol and for their son Shannon. We pray, Lord, according to your will, if it be your will, that you would touch and heal Shannon. Give him physical healing and, and let him come out of this sickness. We especially pray for the warming presence of your Holy Spirit to fill us and to comfort us in times like this. And so, Lord, all of this is in your hand, and we live according to your will. And we pray, O oh God, of course, that not only your will be accomplished, but that whatever it is, we will rejoice in it and thank you for it. And we know that you have a purpose for everything that happens. And we find our great comfort in Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has overcome illness and sickness and death in our behalf. And in his name we pray. Amen.